Right on, right on, right on. Right on radio. Right on radio. Welcome to Right On Radio. We have an incredible show for you today because it's entitled Dark to Light and Know the Future. Yes, after today's program, you are going to know the future. We've got a bunch of stuff to go through, including Jesse has an amazing decode to do at the towards the end of the show it's going to be a really deep dive we're going to start off with a little bit of news we've got huge announcements on the shepherd of the sheeples army if you have not heard back from us yet hold tight you will today so stay tuned for that we're going to do address that at the end of the show so so much to go through let's get going but in order for this broadcast to proceed I need to introduce, she is a prophetess and pontificator of the truth, and her name is Jessie Zaboder. You're going to have to define what what in the world is a pontificator. (laughs) (laughs) It's someone who announces with clarity. Oh, all right. (laughs) I can go with that, I guess, a prophet who announces with clarity. The truth. (laughs) The truth. There we go. And the truth is the word. Very good. (laughs) I'm glad someone's keeping track of these because your jacket, I'm thinking by late spring, you will be wearing it. Are they even going to know how to spell some of these words? I mean, that's my question. (laughs) You're going to have to. (laughs) Yeah, and don't trust spell check. All right, so Jesse, we're going to get to your stuff after we clear up a few things. Uh, just want to dive in. We got such an amazing response from the Shepherd of the Sheeple Army call to action, and I'm going to do another call. Uh, but some people jumped right in and started shooting intel our way. And it was so fantastic. And by the way, actually, you know what? I just want to say this at the beginning. I'm going to tie it in at the end as well. But it was overwhelming, the response. And some of the responses, I read every single note. And some of them were lengthy. You know, the the people were telling their stories. You know, people were saying, this is what I can do for you. This is, and the most amazing thing, Jesse, was the high level of people that responded to us. Yeah, that was amazing. We have probably the most sophisticated audience. And, you know, we were just getting started. We've been on YouTube, what, five, six weeks now, I think. Yeah. You know, uh, the show is is really starting to to go. And, And listen, and and it's really not about the numbers, but it kind of is, you know, because that just give, God's given us a greater voice. Hey, you know what, Jesse, in our, uh, in our pre-show, we forgot to pray. Well, let's do it. I think we're going to have to do it live. Why don't I open it up and you're going to close us out at the end. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> Heavenly Father, we just come before you. We dedicate this show to you, Father. Let your words come out today. Lord, we're going to be bold in your word 
today. We're going to be bold in exposing the real world today. Anything that does not come from Jesse or I, I pray it falls off or we get stern correction from you and we will take it down. We'll remove it. We'll correct ourselves. But Father, we trust you. We pray for this audience today, Lord. You open up the hearts and bring the people that need to be here. Father, there is no coincidences, and we trust you for the audience. We trust you to garner them, protect them, put a hedge of protection around them. Father God, I pray that you enlighten them with your word. You protect them, and I pray for the health of our audience too. Father, in this time and date, things are going on in the world. We need health. We need a healthy army, Father. So we just pray that your word goes forth today and lord that this program brings joy to the hearts of those who watch it and are excited to be called at this time to be born and to be alive at this time so we pray in jesus name amen all right so why don't we start off with a couple things. Jesse, you're going to get into the inauguration probably in a pretty deep dive, but I want to make just a couple points. And by the way, we're going to play a prophetic word that came out from Amanda Grace uh, yesterday. And if you've been following this program for the last few months, everything that we have been saying is in this word. And what's amazing, Jesse, is the scriptures and the biblical stories we've been using all come out in this. And when you when you listen to it, think of the tunnels, think of the children, think of think of the matrix series that we've been covering, how people were used as farming essentially. And think of what the Lord says in this. And by the way, speaking of the matrix, Tom is back on Tuesday. <laughs> and I'm he excited is to see fired him. up. <laughs> we only missed him for one week, but it seems like forever in this time cycle. It does actually seem like forever. So, yep. All right. So let me just give a couple little things. Uh, some really great researchers that have come out, and uh, you know what? I didn't get permission to use your name, so. Well, I, I'll just give your first name. I think that's going to be fair. Sharon sent this, and it was the first thing to come in. And the reason I want to read this is it pertains to today. Now, we are not making a prediction today on this, but it was a really interesting correlation. So I'm going to read it. Occasionally, Jesse, we refer to the Cucumber Club. Right. And they have a, a board that they use. And on the board, there's a post, which is one, two, three, four. <laughs> Pretty consecutive numbers there. It is. It is the chromatic scale of numerology. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> and it's a really, really basic post. I'm going to read it for you. So this is in all capital letters and in quotation marks. Now, if you followed what we've been doing on maritime law, the fall of the corporation and stuff like that, it makes sense that this is all in capital letters and quotation. Here it is. America will be united again. 
And then not in capital letters, it gives a date of, of well, we think it's a date. It says 11, 11, 18. And mm -hmm. what Sharon put forth was the Jewish calendar, the year is abbreviated backwards. So 5781 would be 18. Then the 11th day of Shaval, 18, is Sunday evening, January 24th through Monday evening. And she goes on to note, I found this interesting because Trump signed the emergency declaration that has the military in, uh, in Washington from mm -hmm. January 11 to the 24th. So we have the 11, we have the 24th, which is the 18, the Shiva. So, and then, you know, because of the capitalized letters, she points to the Marshall Report article, which is about the fall of the corporation, which we have been addressing on mm -hmm. this show. So could something happen in the next 24 hours? I don't it's know. It's very plausible. Yeah, very plausible. We'll, we'll I don't see. know. Yeah. Okay. I think we're going to find the precise lining up of some of these things is really going to be very interesting. Yeah. And, and so there's a lot of other stuff and we're not, I'm not going to cover this in detail. Actually, I don't know exactly what Jesse's going to say about the inauguration and all that stuff, but with the stuff we have been watching people, it's not real. <laughs> it is not real. And I, I believe God is giving us so many signs just to say, look, I'm working here. Because mm -hmm. when you look at the, the pictures of the Oval Office, you know, there's, and, and everyone's been covering the last couple of days. You see Trump walking through the window in the back. You see a parking lot through the windows on the Oval Office. The curtains are all wrinkled. The guy from Germany posts a picture of the of this stage setup. Like it's, and, and, you know, there's claims. I haven't verified them, but, you know, guys like Charlie Ward are saying, hey, the, uh, you know, the actual tape of the inauguration appeared you know, seven hours before it was live in the United States in Spain. But one thing is for sure that, you know, the inauguration is always done at 12.01, basically 12 to 12.01. It was done 10 minutes earlier, at least on American TV. Right. And then, and then these people are all sad. Like, and, and there's differences in people there and just creepy, creepy stuff. So I'll leave it there because I, I know you're going to cover some stuff, Jesse. Um, but before, so two things, because I know your decode is going to take a little while. So let's cover off Glamis calling, and then yep. we'll do the prophecy from Amanda Grace, which is just going to, if you're not jumping for joy when you hear this, and it's a hard subject. And then I'm going to tell you, after I listen to that word, Jesse, I believe that God gave me a word. Oh, well, I look forward to you sharing that. Yeah, <laughs> so do I, because it's really, really good. All right. So when, on our last broadcast, oh, hold on. That didn't work. Let me get rid of that. On our last broadcast, Glamis had just come out with a message. And the same day, it seems that two more messages came out. Yes. 
right after we got off. So we want to address it because this they don't post that often. Right. And they seem to be very significant whenever they do. And by the way, if you want to go back, if you don't know who Glamis Calling is and Somerset Belanoff, we did a whole program on it. And essentially, this lady, this family, you know, they can walk into any, you know, White House, you know, Buckingham Palace unannounced. They have literally, there's proof of them redirecting naval ships against president's orders. Like these people are powerful. Just, just saying. But the tone of what they're saying seems like they've more gone to the Patriot side. We don't know what's going on, but it seems really friendly towards us who are Patriots for the United States and for the world. Right. So let me read the, uh, the first one. Uh, which actually Jesse had sent me the photos of the property lines and that. So she was so on this, but as of January 20th, 2021, Belanoff Glamis Group International and Rosebell Industries have sold all interest in the Monte Rio property. Having disposed of our property rights, Glamis hereby ceases to provide any oversight for the property or the activities of the BGC. Grand Guardian hereby withdraws any support previously provided. See Mr. Clover for expanded detail. Now, Jesse, we've covered this property before. Yep. So, so this property is one that sits along the coast of California and it's not far from one of the major ports where there is a d underground dumb base that um, our military have been at several times, you know, the past few months um, where they did raids and everything to rescue children. So, um, you know, where this property sits is, is pretty prime for trafficking and things like that. Um, what's interesting is that, you know, you have to ask like, why all of a sudden are they selling property along that coastline? You know, especially in light of them owning Bohemian Grove and that property really gives them a lot of access to the training center that's there uh, for the elite children. Um, and not to mention the world leaders coming to the Bohemian Grove ceremonies. Right. And so the other thing, though, too, I wanted to point out in, in this, and we'll bring up more of this today, but I've been talking how there's this, this higher order um, of these elites and that, you know, they're called initiates of the flame. And that one of the terms that they call themselves is guardians. So here, what you see is that this property literally is being sold and um, one of the grand guardians is involved in this issue and they're directed to talk to the grand guardian. You know, um, it looks like he's gonna withdraw support, you know, which means they're not gonna fight for the property. Um, so it looks like they're just, you know, it's probably not a willing sale of the property would be my guess, but 
they have to sell it for some reason. And so he's going to be removing his regional rule of this area. This is all, and, and these are major players. Like we're talking top of the top players here. Yeah. So then they had another post uh, on the 21st, but let's go back to just the very end of the last post because it ties in. Uh, this is the one we read on our last program, and I'm just going to read the last sentence. At the request of the outgoing US, U.S. president, Cathedral has deployed VibeSat. VibeSat deployment will end today at 12 p.m. U.S. Eastern Standard Time. We send our love and deep affection. So, yeah. VibeSat, communication systems. Now we go to the next post. And so you got to remember, this was done at the request of what they said was the outgoing president. Right. DT. Yep, DT. Now, listen to this. This post is entitled Washington Tower. A Washington Tower operator has attempted to contact Cathedral via forgotten frequency, but the operator entered invalid authentication credentials and therefore was not able to proceed beyond Janus Port. The new administration will not be able to access nodes or frequencies without updated credentials. And we regret we are not able to assist you at this time when the appropriate Mr. Clover will provide additional direction. Note, we are posting this information on Glamis Calling in the spirit of transparency and the benefit of our new audience. <laughs> so, so with this, you know, if we go back to that original one, we had kind of brought out that, you know, VibeSat, what that is, is, you know, it goes beyond satellites, it goes beyond regular AI communications. They're talking about that new quantum computing system that you know, DT had made everybody aware of just a couple months ago. And we know that Space Force is connected to that, to VibeSat. And, um, you know, my guess is that they're running, they're, they're completely in control of that. Well, up until, you know, that transition, you've had Glamis Calling and the Belenoffs with uh, Somerset's husband being he's the head of the fourth department of the protector assassins for the elite. So, you know, they oversee pretty much, you know, all the elite because they have to provide protection, you know, for all of these higher individuals. So, you know, their regular communication channel is, is through that, through the Belenoffs. Um, Usually people would go to um, the Bohemian Grove channel. They had set that up as some communications, but we had a couple um, springs ago, Belenoff closed off 
uh, that communication line. And she redirected everybody to what they call the cathedral, or they would say the Cathedral of Luxembourg. And that's actually Notre Dame. And that operates off of what they call the node nine channel or the forgotten frequency. Okay, so, um, so what's interesting is that as we're going through this, you know, it says that somebody from a Washington Tower operator attempted to contact the cathedral, Notre Dame, via this forgotten frequency node nine. Okay. However, they didn't, they had invalid authentication credentials and therefore they were not able to proceed beyond Yanis Port and Yanis Port is the name of the server. Okay, so they couldn't get past the server. They couldn't get into the new VibeSat communication thing. Um, now, one of the other, just a interesting, ironic thing because they're talking about somebody trying to contact the cathedral. Well, this same day, we see some tweets going up from the Gingrich's, Newton, Clarissa, or Clarista. Um, and we know that Clarista is um, an individual, she's an ambassador for the Vatican. So they're there at the cathedral. So somebody, I believe, was trying to make contact with the Holy See or with uh, Clarista Gingrich, and they were not able to get through. Okay, why? Because they don't have the proper authentication codes now. But what this does is it, it really proves to us and shows us that, that the Luciferian-backed communication channels have been turned off. They're not able to communicate through back channels anymore to one another. Um, even at the highest levels, you know, you've got somebody who works with the Holy See and the Vatican, and they weren't able to get through to that individual. None of them have um, the updated credentials or access node codes. Um, so that that's very interesting. Well, and, and what's also interesting is the uh, the person who's playing a part, we call him joke. Um, it's <laughs> it's, it's joking, joking Kabbalah. If you watch Trump take off on Air Force One, which by the way, ex-presidents take off on Marine One. He took off on Air Force One. The nuclear football also went with him. So right. joke doesn't have access to that. The Pentagon's refusing to talk to him. Like, it's just, this is funny. How it in ends. Way, yeah, in a way it really is. Things are really coming to light. I mean, you know, I mean, it, see the, the, kind of to me, like I kind of have to laugh even harder knowing, you know, that <clears throat> these people are so reliant on that protector system. Okay. They've got six departments. These people have served generationally, you know, for 
thousands of years. So you're not just talking, you know, like they go pick somebody off the street and train them to be a protector. Like you get that position because you're born in and your family has been selected and you, you know, you're loyal to the very end. But with this, they don't, you know, we just had where the, the protectors want out. Like they're tired of serving these dirt bags. They're tired of being treated like crap, having to do all the dirty work and they want out. And so, you know, we just had a huge walk away, you know, the protectors for Pensy Wency and Fancy Pansy Nancy and, you know, all of those people in Congress, when they went into those tunnel systems, you know, their protectors are the ones who know those tunnel systems and can get them out of there. And they were expecting when they ran down into those tunnels that their protectors were going to be there to meet them and guide them through past military who was waiting at the exits and stuff and get them out of there. But no protectors showed up. You know, they did a walk away. Okay. This does not happen. It's never happened in history. The bigger complication is that these people cannot question the protectors who remain. Because if, if a single one of them questions the loyalty of any protector, all the protectors will immediately not serve them. Okay, because loyalty is their biggest thing. So you don't want to offend them. If they question, they offend them and they all walk away. So, so they're kind of just stuck in this spot. They can't question, they can't, you know, do anything. Um, you know, we're just going to kind of, I guess, see what happens. But it, it is quite humorous, I think, you know, that they're, they're having to draw on other things besides you know, besides their protectors, but, you know, are they all skilled in black magic and, you know, they all have demon and entity connections? Absolutely. But they've never had to publicly reveal those things. And it's like, they're almost getting forced into this corner where in order to survive or come out on top, you know, which even then, you know, the power of God is greater. So it, you know, it doesn't matter what they come forth with, it's not going to prosper. But if they want to even attempt to survive, they're going to have to reveal their true nature. It's, which is amazing because they're going to reveal it instead of the white hats. And by right. the way, they are revealing it. If you just, you know, even on the domestic yeah. side, when you look at these, you know, supposed uh, executive orders, which are really actions, which are meaningless, and they're no, they don't even show up in the registry on Whitehouse.gov, and and yet, yet, you know, Joe Biden's live stream, and I know everyone's played it, so I'm not, I didn't even line it up yet, but he's doing his live stream talking about the uh, the coronavirus thing and Dr. Fauci. And you hear Hunter Biden in the background goes, yeah, man, I just made a plea deal. <laughs> like, <laughs> and the 
that they cut his mic. It's like he's in the control room on this set. Like it, and it's up on whitehouse.gov. You can't make this right. up. <laughs> God is letting us see the humor in this. Look, it's a difficult time, but he's letting us see the humor and he's letting us know that he's working in this. So why don't I get into this Amanda Grace thing, Jesse, because I think you're really going to dig this. And I can't wait to hear your comments on the other side. As I say, it's probably about 14 minutes, but it'll go quick and it's deep. So just give me a second here. And the spirit of the Lord says this day. Fear not, my children. Fear not. Do not fall into trouble and woe right now, says the Lord. Do not fall into that spirit, says the Lord this day. For you are in the midst of a battle. You are in the midst for a battle still for the soul of this nation. Do not think the battle is over, says the Lord. Do not deceive yourself into thinking such things right now. For I am a mighty God. I am a wonderful counselor, everlasting father, and a prince of peace. And the government rests upon my shoulders, says the Lord thy God this day. And says the spirit of the Lord this day. I laugh at the wicked. And I frustrate the cords of the wicked. And if the wicked thinks for a moment they have gotten one over on Almighty God, they have usurped my will, they have usurped my authority, they have usurped my spoken word, says the Spirit of the Lord this day, I shall raise my fist against the wicked. And I shall smack down on their plan, says the Lord. I shall shake them. In every area of their life, says the Lord thy God this day. For I am not done with this nation. Though the enemy attempt to advance, though the enemy attempt to usurp, though the enemy attempt to take and to steal what does not belong to him, says the Spirit of the Lord this day, I am still on the throne. I am still on the throne and I am going into the deepest parts, says the Lord of this country, the deepest parts of the church, the deepest parts of the government. And I am pulling out the foul maggots and the wormwood and the stench and the entrails of what is causing such an infection in this country what is causing the wicked to just panic what is causing the wicked to attempt to push what is causing the wicked to put on a shakespearean show what is causing the wicked to advance in this country i the lord thy god say this day i am going into the deepest parts the darkest parts the parts that most men never see nor know says the lord but i see all things i have seen it and it has angered me says the lord it has angered me it has 
burned in me against these people that I see doing this against the sons and daughters of the devil says the Lord thy God this day for they have chosen to serve their master they have chosen to serve the weaker host and now I the Lord thy God this day will make my decision about them I will make my decree about them for I gave mercy says the Lord and I gave time and I am talking about the church too says the Lord thy God this day I am speaking of the church as well I gave mercy and I gave time for those to repent and come to me and instead says the Lord thy God this day they dug in their heels, says the Lord. They stiffen their necks. They set their face against me and my people, says the Lord. They set their face against Israel, and they marched in their plans. And now, says the Lord thy God this day, I shall set my face against them and their plans. And I shall set up blocks and roadblocks and stumbling blocks and thorns and briars and completely frustrate the cords of the wicked right now as they attempt to prematurely says the lord prematurely bring in such a wicked agenda prematurely try to bring in the events in the latter book of revelation prematurely try to bring in antichrist for the spirit of antichrist and lawlessness says the lord is swirling around this country right now it is swirling around this country it is circling it and slithering around it says the lord thy god this day however says the lord i have sent forth my army i have sent forth my army the army of the lord of hosts into those areas to fight and battle for the will of God. I have sent in, says the Lord thy God this day, the fiercest of warring angels to go in and cut in pieces these plans and to withstand these principalities and to withstand the areas they say they lay claim to. And says the Lord thy God this day, as the altars came down with Gideon, as the first thing Gideon was given to do as assignment was to go tear down the altar of Baal. So I, the Lord thy God this day, will tear down their altars. I will rip them down right in front of their face, says the Lord. I will put forth my power and demonstrate my might in this country right now as the people cry out to me. And those scoffers and soothsayers and naysayers and ones that want to accuse and judge right now, says the Lord, and put Put me on a timeline. Put me on a timeline. How dare they, says the Lord, want to put Almighty God on a timeline when they are the ones that are supposed to be created to serve me and my timeline. This is my timeline, says the Lord. This is my ways, which are much, much higher, my children, than your ways. However, says the Lord, I need you to put on the whole armor of God. I need you to choose this day whom you will serve. I need you to open your word and fill your spirit with it right now. Because the people of God, the remnant, says the Lord, are not only going to stand, but be endowed with such an anointed 
fire and power from me right now. I am endowing the remnant and equipping them for such a time that they will demonstrate the power of Almighty God in ways that will leave the wicked shaking and quaking as I demonstrate in this country and show them they really don't have control. Because this is what it is about, says the Lord thy God this day. It is about control right now. It is a power struggle. The power struggle is not over, says the Lord. There is still a power struggle going on. And there is a duel happening behind the scenes, says the Lord. A duel that may not be open to the people. That may not be in view yet for the people, but there is a duel and a jockeying that is going on behind the scenes, says the Lord. And says the Spirit of the Lord this day, I warned, says the Lord, that there was going to be a fight. I warned, says the Lord, that evil was advancing. I warned ahead of time, for I do nothing, says the Lord, unless I reveal my secrets first. The prophets. And says the Lord, as the duel happens, says the Lord, as the resisting happens, says the Lord, as the remnant rise up in the boldness and authority I have bestowed upon them, so says the Lord thy God this day, I will answer. Call on me, and I will show you great and mighty things which you know not. Call on me right now, my children. Call on me. For you as the remnant have a power that I have given you under the authority of Jesus Christ to trample upon serpents and scorpions and against all the power of the enemy so nothing shall by any means hurt you. And says the Spirit of the Lord this day, my children, I have not forsaken you. My children, I have not willed for evil. To rule, says the Lord this day. But just as in the days of Israel, when wicked rulers tried to gain thrones that were not theirs, that were not endowed to them, that were not ratified to them, so there was a struggle. So there was a fight. So there was division within the kingdom. And says the Spirit of the Lord this day, the same is happening today. However, says the Lord, there are those that know who have not been ratified, who have not been anointed, who have not been marked to lead. And says the Spirit of the Lord this day, they are leading in a counterfeit authority that I did not give them. I do not give counterfeit authority. I, the Lord, appoint and I, the Lord, allowed and I am allowing this for a time. For a time only, says the Lord this day, for a time in order to rectify in my people, in the church, and in this country. For more is going to be exposed, says the Lord, the, the most wicked, the most vile, the most disturbing of what has been hidden in the bowels of this country in the bowels of Washington, D.C., in the bowels of America, what has been hidden in the bowels, I, the Lord thy God, this day am slicing open. And by my word, says the Lord, it will spill out. It will spill out the whole lot, says the Lord will spill out. 
and those that are involved shall be chained to each other and stamped to each other and watermarked to each other, says the Lord, where there will be no way to deny the blood on their hands, the blood in their positions, the blood in Washington, D.C., says the Spirit of the Lord this day. There will be no way for them to deny what they have done because I, the Lord, have decreed this day that what is hidden must come out. I am commanding it, says the Lord, to now come out into the open. And when I, the Lord, commanded, it is so. When I, the Lord, commanded, the principalities shake. When I, the Lord, commanded, the demons quake. And I, the Lord, am commanding it to come out in the open now, says the Spirit of the Lord this day and those says the lord that are taking entitlements entitlements from iran from china from countries in europe says the lord those that are taking those entitlements there will be a digital chain says the lord to expose them it shall be exposed taking entitlements from those that want to blow israel and america off the map it will be exposed those who are in contracts with them it will be exposed those who are being blackmailed by them it will be exposed those who have chosen who have chosen to do business with those in the world that hate god and that hate america i the lord still have a covenant with america i have a covenant with the eagle and although they attempt to chain the eagle, although they attempt to oppress the eagle, although they attempt to infect the eagle, says the Spirit of the Lord this day, I speak life and life more abundant. And I, the Lord, am going to speak life. And you are going to see a resuscitation happen. It will take time, says the Lord, but you will see a resuscitation happen. You will hear the faint song of victory. You will see the faint cloud in the distance of rain. As was said, I hear an abundance of rain. As you see that faint, faint cloud in the distance, start praising me at that moment for the rain. Because it rains on the just and the unjust. However, there is about to be a storm, says the Spirit of the Lord this day, upon the heads of the wicked, upon the heads of those in agreement with them, upon heads of state, upon governors, upon mayors, upon prime ministers, upon parliament, upon Congress, says the Spirit of the Lord this day, because I am Almighty God, and I will demonstrate in this block of time my power and this amount of time that i have set for this i have set the time says the lord i have set the season and it is up to you my children to call on me for discernment in this season so you know the time and the season we are in because they will not bear fruit i curse that fig tree says the spirit of the lord this day woe to that fig tree woe to those fig trees who in defiance right now do not want to produce the fruit and says the spirit of the lord this day 
You will see waves rise up. You will see mountains move. You will see countries shake and quake. You will see attacks on those countries that dare come after my children and dare want to threaten Israel and what I have laid out for that country that dare want to threaten my children in America, those who want to persecute, those who are getting drunk on the persecuting spirit right now, says the spirit of the Lord this day, those getting drunk on it right now shall fall because of it. Those getting drunk on it shall fall because of it. For that animal shall turn on them and devour them instead, says the Lord. So hold fast, my children. Hold fast in faith. Know that I love you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Have joy in all circumstances, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The word of the Lord is your source, and the armor of God is your protection. And know this day, my children, that I am a mighty God, I am holy, and I am sovereign, and I am more powerful than any principality, power, or might, and I shall have my way in this season, believe, says the Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, Yeshua HaMashiach, amen and amen. Whoa. Now, yeah. Jesse, you had not heard that, but mm -hmm. yet she just said what you said before the program, that they are going to expose themselves. I was so excited when you said that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want to ruin it. Yeah, and we had just talked about Gideon stuff just the other morning as well. So, And we've talked about the parting of the Red Sea. and. Yep. <laughs> I'm telling you. You know, you know what's amazing, and the reason why I really felt that was from God is because we're all flowing in the same thing. Everyone who's paying attention is getting yeah. the same messages. This isn't, God is not the author of confusion. No, he's not. And, you know, that's, it, it's a confirmation that the spirit of God is speaking when everybody's getting the exact same message. Did you hear the stuff about the bowels? Yeah, that, I did. To me, I, I translate that to tunnels. Kind of. Yeah, I mean, it, it can have multiple meanings. It but could, yeah. Yeah. So. So, it, very interesting. And I'm going to hand it over to you, but I'll just say this. Right after I heard that message this morning, and by the way, someone named... Uh, Eve, who has been sending some great intel, she's one of the Shepherd of the Sheepold's army now. Um, she's been sending a ton of stuff already, you know, and uh, she's been sending me lots of Amanda Grace stuff. I've been following Amanda Grace for a little while. Uh, you know, it's it's funny hearing God speak through a fiery Italian lady from the Bronx. You know, just, <laughs> I just love the delivery, but. Uh, Here's what the, so right after I heard that, I was just thanking God for the word. And I thought, you know, God, you, because listen, it takes a lot of faith to do this show. Um, some of the stuff we're covering, we're, we're putting ourselves out there. We're covering, you know, the deepest, darkest secrets in the world right now. And 
and we're putting it out there and we're, we're doing it somehow with a smile on our face. Well, I know how, but this is what the Lord said to me, just as I uh, had was thanking him for that word. He said simply that the Red Sea has already been parted. And, you know, we could say, you know, I could say that with confidence because, yeah, it happened already. But I believe it's in the context of this right now. It's already been parted. Like he's already made the way for us. And you were walking on dry ground. The enemy's not going to capture us. You know, there's just so much I felt in my spirit with that. So I just want to encourage that word. And I believe it to be true. Yeah, I absolutely believe it to be true as well. You know, as the enemy tries to come forward, you know, she kept bringing up the words that, you know, the enemy was trying to move ahead of God's plan, ahead of his sovereign will, ahead of his timing. And as we see that happening, you know, the Lord is going to come and show forth the power of his hand that he is sovereign in all things that, you know, really they're trying to usurp the sovereignty of, and authority of God. And it's just not going to happen. God's not going to hand that over or give it over to them just and, because they believe they deserve it or because they believe they've, you know, earned it or gotten it or taken control of it. You know, they're going to be met with the hand of God. And when we were talking a couple episodes ago uh, about your particular role, Jesse, that was supposed to be April 24th of 2020, we yeah. made, we said that was Lucifer's timing or Satan's timing. It wasn't God's timing. Right. And God's not going to put up with that. And then, you know, bang, we got this message. And it's like, not the time. Like, it's all just coming together. So we yeah. don't know how long it's going to be. We don't know, but yeah. enjoy the ride. <laughs> and they did move early on that, even from, you know, people were expecting them, you know, that all this was supposed to start happening, you know, this year uh, during the 21st through, you know, year 22. And it was like, nope, they, they've moved early. Like they're doing their end time rituals now, you know, and that was, I think the first one was back in like, you know, July of, or maybe it was even March of 2019 is when they started that, you know, they tried to start a couple of years early. And, and why do you do that? Because you're desperate. You don't mobilize your it's troops. Unless yeah. It's because they want to have control. And, you know, even with that, the Lord, they're trying to move it on their time and God's not going to give them that control. That's right. But speaking of control, Jesse, I want to give you control at this moment because All right. you are a prophetess and. <laughs> All right. You have to enable oh. sharing, screen sharing. All right. And it is ready to go. So what I'm going to be doing here, I'm going to go through a couple different screens and stuff. Um, this is a page from, I've been encouraging everybody and I'm not gonna, um, go through the videos or read them word by word, because once you bring forward this stuff, 
the enemy likes to delete it from our access. So, you know, I'm just going to show a couple screens here or there, or I'll kind of scroll through it quickly to get to the points that I want. Um, but I've been encouraging everybody to read the or listen to these videos, The Initiate of the Flames. And, you know, why am I bringing this up? I, I want people to know, you know, I'm not sitting here promoting their satanic or their Masonic beliefs. Um, really what's happening is that, you know, in order to engage in this war with understanding, we need to know our enemy. And that starts with understanding what does our enemy believe. Their beliefs are directing how they are operating, how they're functioning. Um, and as we understand that, we're able to, to come in the power of the Lord and stand against that. You know, scripture tells us to break down the strongholds of the enemy and that when we break those down, that the spirit of the Lord will drive them out from before us. So kind of where, you know, part of this, I'm going to connect to what, you know, what were the deeper meanings? What was going on at that inauguration? Um, do I believe it was, you know, filmed? Do I believe it was all, you know, in a way fake? Absolutely. Um, there was a lot of symbology you know, it was meant to be a ritual. But as I said, you know, <laughs> that it was a ritual that definitely did not go perfectly. <laughs> like the things, there were so many things that went wrong in there. I mean, you know, if I was Satan, I would be ashamed. And I, you know, th there's no way these people would be continuing in their jobs. Um, and as I go through this, like, you're going to see, like, you know, what were the things that they messed up? And maybe, you know, I'm going to just put that out there. Maybe these things were messed up because, you know, the white hats are aware of these, of these beliefs that they have. They're aware of this Masonic information. So maybe things were purposely planned with those mistakes in place to show that these people have been deplatformed. They've, you know, they've lost in this war. So I'll put that out there as a plausible. Let, let me just jump in here for a second, Jesse, because you, you made an important point. First of all, these people don't mess up these rituals. They've practiced they for years. They don't mess up. So to do a mess up, like that's a really bad crime in their world. Uh, the second thing I want to make is, so Jesse, when she says she encourages people to go through this information, I want to make the, a, a very strong statement to the audience here. The people who she has been encouraging to do this are very strong in the Lord. If you're not well grounded in the Bible and the word of God, don't go to this because this stuff can be very misleading and you don't want to get it into your system. You need to be protected. Uh, before you do that am I oh is that a correct statement Jesse would you agree yeah. with that yeah I mean that's absolutely right but you know I mean it it's simply it's their esoterical beliefs they're you know if you've got the spirit of the Lord none of this has any power or authority over you and as I bring it out like you're gonna I'm gonna try to connect it with everything so people can understand the full picture of 
you know, it's not just their beliefs, it connects to this spiritual war that we're engaged in. So to kind of start with this, you know, um, we're going to be going through those initiates of the flame. Um, oops, let me just find my page here. Do, do, do. Got lots of charts I'm going to show. Hey, Kabbalah, we were just talking about her. <laughs> yep, Kabbalah. Well, now I lost the one that I wanted. All right, so I had one. There we go. Um, so one of the things people picked up on was the color purple, okay? And this is very significant. Um, in that world, as, you know, as we're talking about, you know, they're really, everything that they do is is to represent the entities and, and the spiritual aspects of what they believe, okay? So we're going to delve into this color purple and all of the symbolism and what they're wearing. Um, you know, so I've had, there's been some individuals who, you know, have talked about how there were different shades of purple. You know, notice like, you know, Michelle's got a turtleneck, Hillary's got her neck covered up, but Kamala and the other have, um, you know, they're wearing pearls and stuff like that. And all of that is very, very significant. Um, so we're going to get into that. Um, where I'd like to start is, is just uh, bringing out this clothing and matching it to Oops, hold on a second here, computer issues. All right, not that one. So this is one you're gonna, um, this is one of the basic Masonic orders and this order is operating right now, functioning underneath the umbrella of the initiates of the flame. The, the initiates of the flame, I guess, you know, when you're looking in their world, like they don't really consider one order higher than the other. Like you're, you're born into the system, you're born and selected for a certain position within the system. However, you know, as you're trained and as you go through your being prepared for that position, you can choose between the vast you know, vast um, majority of, of different orders that there are. So, you know, nobody is just tied to one or two orders. A lot of these individuals, if you really go through like their Masonic credentials, even for the women, they're going to have a super ton, you know, it'll be you know, of the order of the Rosicrucians, order of the Rosy Cross, order of the Templars, order of the Garter, order of Malta, like the, it will go on and on and on. They're, they're considered specialties in all of this. Okay. But what I want to point out is that, you know, the things that they don't share about their orders are a lot of the symbols. And so this is the, the cross that they use for the Rosicrucians. And as you see, you know, it, it's very colorful. There's a lot of different colors. All of them have different symbols. 
Now, when we talk about the pinnacle, you know, we, we notice these symbols around it. And those five symbols represent the elements. So in every magic circle, you know, which basically this is what the middle represents is that magic summoning circle where they're going to be connecting into the spirit world and they're going to be connecting with their entities. Jesse, and can I just step in just for one second? Um, I'm just thinking of our audio only audience, which is significant. So if you're listening to this on Podbeam and she's showing a picture of a cross and that, if you want to see it, she's going to she's describing it very well. But if you actually want to see it, I will put the link to the video of this in the description box of the podcast itself. Yeah. So um, with that, you know, I mean, you have colors to this cross. So you have, you know, at the northern part of the cross, the top, you, you've got the color background color yellow and then all the symbols are done in the color purple. Okay, that represents the north. And, you know, around that pinnacle, you have all these little symbols which represent the elements. So fire, earth, ice, water, wind. Um, that's what is represented in each of those, you know, as you're being called into a circle, you're gonna have individuals who represent the north, the east, the west, and the south. And they're all going to be gathered together um, in groups of five or sometimes seven, um, or it could be eight or nine, and they'll each have different elemental connections. And they believe, you know, that that, that allows them to access more power according to their belief. Now, if you notice down below here too, at the bottom, we have some interesting colors, you know, instead of the bottom of the cross just being one color like the other, you know, the top and the sides each are one base color, but that bottom you have a mixture of colors. You've got white and then you've got, you know, like a mustard color, you've got an olive green, kind of a topish brown and you've got black, okay? Now think back to, you know, that image where it talked, where people were kind of linking it to the Hunger Games and the different color trench coats. Okay, so, so it was very symbolic. That clothing is symbolic and it goes back to even this Rosicrucian chart here. Um, so you've got several different symbols, okay? So this is like their first is this, this cross. And it, it, the main point of this cross is to show positioning in a summoning circle. Um, so it shows you which elements for which quadrants have to stand where, okay? So as they gather around that middle summoning circle, they know, they learn, you know, their position where they're going to be standing. Now, in their world, even things like colors don't just have one meaning. Um, an onion doesn't go deep enough for <laughs> the things that they are actually communicating through all this, okay? So beyond their positioning and their place, um, color also 
represents the demonic or the planetary connections, the universal position in which they are standing. Okay, so we've now gone to a different Kabbalah, la uh, they call it the Kabbalah ladder, and I'm showing one that has different colors, okay? Um, what you have to understand about this Kabbalah ladder is that not only does it link to, you know, each of these, like it's a, it shows what is 11, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. It shows nine um, circles, okay? Those circles actually represent heavenly spiritual gates, okay? I'm counting Even, 11 circles. Huh? I'm counting 11 circles. 9, 10, 11, you're right. Okay. <laughs> I, I'm doing adding on the fly. I'm bad at math. Um you know, I'm really only going to talk about the top four. So, but anyway, um, each of them, you know, represent areas. They represent entities who guard those spiritual gates in the heavenlies. And so this is really going to start to show us the connections. Um, now, what we see on here, like if you're looking for, we'll just start at the very top. Um, the very top is usually represented by a white circle, no matter what chart you're looking at in this Kabbalah ladder. Um, you know, so that white circle represents the point of enlightenment, you know, that you are enlightened, you have connected to Lucifer um, that's also considered the crown or the head of the body connected to wisdom. Okay. Um, we see down, if you go down, like if you're looking from the bottom up, the, you know, circle that's right above the bottom circle is usually represented as the purple one. That one represents and is connected to the demonic entity Lilith. Now we know her by several other names in scripture. She also goes by the name of Ashtara. Um, you know, other cultures called her Ishtar, Aphrodite, Venus. Okay, so she's connected to that color purple. Um, on a planetary level, it represents Jupiter. Okay, now this is important to understand where we're at in this battle because the head is Satan and everything that Satan does is a mockery of God's kingdom. Okay. We know that, you know, God sent his son to save us from our sin and the son gave his life and his blood to, to appease God's wrath because of our sin. And you know, his death on the cross purchased our salvation so that we could have access to God. In the same way, they, you know, have Satan represent Saturn, who's considered the father of all things in their world. And his son is Jupiter. Okay. And as we saw, like, you know, over December 21st, there was that special planetary alignment 
the ritual that was done that day, you know, was a mockery of the father giving dominion and authority of his kingdom over to Jesus Christ, his son, you know, the same way they believed that day, Saturn gave his authority for the dominion of his earthly kingdom over to his son, Jupiter. Okay. So when they're wearing that color purple, not only are they representing their entity, um, you know, Ashtaroth, which let's give her another name that most people are going to recognize out of revelations she's also called jezebel and who sits in bed with the beast in the book of revelations jezebel and the beast right um so you've got this connection between jupiter and astra that together their role their position to get through the spiritual gates you know we've talked about the enemy's agenda is that he will be God. He will usurp the throne of God. Well, according to, you know, Jewish and the other mystics, they have to get through these spiritual gates that are guarded by the archangel, you know, the top demonic or angelic spiritual beings. They have to get through these gates to get to that top one, get it open so Satan can sit on the throne of God. So, um, you know, this is part of what they're declaring. Um, now, going back just for a minute, because like I said, and please forgive me because this, I'm trying to summarize what is so complicated. Um, so going back to the colors that they're wearing, um, we really saw that there was only three of these who were very prominent. You know, we saw Michelle Obama, we saw, you know, Kabbalah and Sillery. Okay. And what they were representing, the reason three of them were highlighted is because in that world, um, the, the triune goddess is is really what represents Ashtaroth, okay? You know, she likes to, like I said, they take everything that's of God and they twist it. You know, we know God is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Well, they put this triune goddess in there and you have the maid, the maiden, and the crone. Now, the, these women that day were representing the three top mothers of darkness. Um, you know, obviously the mothers are not going to be there at a ceremony, but that's what they were representing were those three top mothers of darkness who would represent the triune goddess. Um, and the clothing is really significant. Um, it, you know, I'm trying to think where to go from here. I want to bring up Michael's belt, belt buckle. Yeah, that's a good question. I couldn't see a close enough picture, but the gold um, is is very important because for them, the gold, you know, represents the perfected, refined man. In alchemy, it also represents eternal life that, you know, you've reached that perfect, you know, uh, most valuable state 
Um, so, you know, even we saw uh, Lady Gaga, you know, was wearing the the gold pin with the, the, dove. the sparrow, the bird, the dove. Um, that was very symbolic. Like, as I go through this theology, you're just going to be like, wow, okay, that was really symbolic. Um, so let me think how to break this down here. So first of all, you know, connected to the planets, that purple represents Jupiter or the Antichrist. Um, it also represents the demonic spirits that they are connected to. Um, let me go to this next one here. Hey, this is a silly question. I, I understand that. But would one of the mistakes they made in having these three people representing the mothers of darkness would one of them being a tranny be a mistake um well <laughs> no because befamat is one of the the spirits that they're representing so um it shows you know ball astroth um moloch and um befamat so that they're Beelzebub is another name he goes by. So, um, yeah, not, right. not. I didn't want to throw you off track. I just came right. into my head. So, so with this, you know, the purple and then the overlay of the pearl represents, um, you know, the pearls represent knowledge, wisdom. Okay. And it's overlaid over the foundation, meaning that, you know, the foundation they built on was off of that, that uh, purple, the Ashtara, that's the foundation and it builds up to wisdom. Um, they really believe, you know, in chapter one of this book, Initiate of the Flames, part of their philosophy says that they are children of the flame sons of light even as god is light and that wording even as god is light is very important it's not saying that we are like god or we we attain to the fullness of christ it, it means that even as god is light we are gods of light too and so they're really asserting those pearls is a way of asserting their godhood, that they believe they are gods. Um, on this, we can kind of see in, in other charts, the colors are a little bit changed. So it's hard to find one that has all the true meanings. So if we're looking at this chart over here, you're gonna have, you know, Baal and he's going to be represented by the color red. And now this also represents a regent. Okay. That region is Judea or Israel. Okay. And over here, you're going to have Moloch. He's going to be represented by a dark blue and he's going to be over, over the regent of Rome. Okay. Now think about who was wearing blue over red. We had Lady Gaga was wearing blue over red. Now, part of the initiates of the flame, they talk about the kingdoms, about Rome 
and Judea and the north and the south and how it represents this double ancient empire of two opposing forces, okay? And you do, you have, you know, Rome and Judea are fighting with each other. Um, you know, at the same time, then you've got this purple, which they also bring in the Scorpio energy, which is gonna be purple as well. And, you know, we always have, wherever ball is, we have Astra as well. Um, that's very big in this world that they work together. Um, so this one I wanna bring out a little bit here as well, because this is just another way, like you still see those circles like you do with the ladder, okay? And the top, that's going to be the final position where God is, is seen or Godhood is attained. But what I like about this is that it combines the Rosicrucian cross and you also see the pillars. There's two and pillars kind of supporting the cross, it looks like, with a... Right. Right. And I'm just describing it for the, uh, for the Podbean audience. Right. So the cross is in the middle and... Then you've got the two pillars on the side. Well, scripture is always talking about the ball and the astra poles, but we also recognize those column or pillars from other imagery. And that's, we see that in Masonic imagery, all of the Masonic temples will have those columns, those pillars, which really represent ball and astra poles. And this is what you know, even as we talked about Gideon's army, what was the first job God gave Gideon to do was to tear down these poles and, you know, that his family had erected. Um, down below, you see at the bottom of the cross, there's uh, 13 pieces of wheat coming out. And those 13 pieces of wheat represent the 13 tribes of Israel. And you have um, the tribe of Joseph was split into two. Uh, he, both his sons received part of the inheritance. So with that, you've got the 13 tribes of Israel. Um, at the bottom, you know, very, very bottom, it shows all of these snake-like roots. And that shows, you know, that the, that at the heart of all this is, is Satan who was represented by the snake. And then as it goes up this tree, you see the woman is next standing on top of the snake. And then she's supporting um, the man. And then it keeps going up until at the very top of the cross, you have the sun and the moon. And then you have the wings of um, actually the, the Egyptian um, wings that Alistair Crawley used to um, represent the full enlightenment of a man. And it goes to, you know, the myth of Osiris um, where, you know, he receives wings and he ascends to the sun um, and becomes God. So that's some of the representation in this. Um, now with their, 
you know, they mix a lot of different theologies. So you've got, you know, the Greek and Roman mythology, and then you've got the Egyptian mixed in there too. And Egypt really, you know, why was God so against Egypt? You know, why did he really take such a harsh stand against Pharaoh? It was because Egypt was teaching Israel while they were there in bondage to worship all these other gods. And, you know, really they weren't gods, they were demonic spirits that Israel was entangling themselves with and worshiping. And um, one of the things with Egypt was that, you know, they were very big on the priesthood. And so, you know, people have said, well, that color purple represents royalty. Absolutely it does but it represents more, it represents the priesthood of Egypt. And, oh, hold on one second here. Um, you know, some of the imagery that they're going to show, uh, hold on, um, you know, with this book, it brings out, as you get into chapter, um, I think it's chapter five, yeah, chapter five, it brings out that there's some of the different symbology that the um, initiates of the flame are very aware of. And again, it's a mockery of symbology that we see in scripture. Um, you know, they talk about the ark being the body. Okay, so literally the ark is manifest as your body, the temple, the place where the spirit of the living God or the glory of God dwells is within you. Um, you know, scripture tells us that as well, that our bodies are God's temple. Okay. But they take it farther. They, you know, believe that the glory of God is yours and that you are God. Um, so some of their symbology they use is they have um, three staffs. Now, if people remember um, back to scripture, uh, what happened when Aaron opened the Ark of the Covenant? He put three things inside of there. He put the, the broken tablets that represented the law. He put the jar of manna that was from their wandering in the wilderness. And he put his staff, uh, which had budded, and, you know, those three things represented things, um, you know, represented God as the bread of life. It represented God as the lawgiver, the righteous judge, and it represented God as, um, you know, from death, you know, a, a, a stick that had then budded into life, that he was the resurrection and the life. Um so the three symbols that they use to represent themselves are um, Anubis's head staff, which, you know, sometimes it's a staff that actually has the head of Anubis on it. Sometimes it's represented as the Egyptian cross, which has a loop on top of it. Um, then they have a regular shepherd's crook and that represents Osiris. And then they have a step, the whip, um, and that whip represents um, 
now I'm forgetting. Okay, well, well, it represents something, but at a deeper meaning, um, I'm, oh, set, thank you. Um, so the whip represents set. And the three of those together represent control of the physical body, control of the emotions and control of the mind, okay? So when you're looking at these three women in purple, it wasn't just that they randomly decided to call each other and be like, let's all wear purple. No, they, it was much more. And it was more than just representing Ashtaroth and the Antichrist Jupiter. They literally were making a statement that they were the embodiment of the glory of God, each of them representing a different staff, a different um, regent, a different country. Um, they're representing that triune goddess uh, ship. Now, one of the credentials when they don't wear their priestly robes for rituals, um, they'll wear images that represent their priesthood in um, in their belief system. So what were the things that they were wearing? Well, they were wearing the pearls, which represented the very top, the crown, the knowledge. And the other image that is represented is love, which uh, Lady Gaga was wearing as the dove. And together, um, you know, if you read chapter five of um, initiates of the flame, knowledge and love is the sign of the coiled serpent. That's the sign for Satan. So they literally were representing all of that just with their simple clothing. Um, and Jesse, you just brought in Lady Gaga. By the way, this is really excellent, Jesse. Really excellent. You know, the Hunger Games decode, just the beginning. This is a deep dive, and I'm so thankful for you doing this and, and for your knowledge in it. But um, Lady Gaga, who we know she's who she's trained with, we know what she's been doing. But Katy Perry was also there. Now, I didn't see any images of Katy Perry. Uh, did she dress in a significant way as well? Yeah, she, she was almost matching uh, Lady Gaga with the same red and blue colors. Hers were fan-shaped. So in a way it did, together they were representing that whip, um, you know, so the emotional side of that triad and then the love, um, you know, so there, there was a lot of, both of them together um, were representing those things. Um, you know, the other thing I want to really bring out, um, I was trying to decide if I was going to go any further here, but as you get into this, um, you know, some of the imagery, um, I know there was, I'll just give her some credit here. Gina did a great, oops, did a great decode. And if you go on Twitter, um, Gina Phillips, you can see her video that she did. That was an excellent, excellent decode um, about the color purple that was worn. Um, 
forgive me as I'm looking, I might've lost it here. Um, but as she, you know, was talking about those things, like she had brought up, you know, like some of the head pieces that are worn, um, you'll see in this book in chapter, um, uh, five, I think it is where they have the scarab, you know, which is connected to Egypt and that headpiece that goes up like, like the scarab usually will have a sun or a ball on top of it, representing that top crown or the pearl of wisdom, um, that, you know, represents spontaneous creation. Um, sometimes they'll do it as a flower on top of their head or particularly a lotus flower that represents rebirth. Um, so in that, you know, they believe that that scarab is, you know, that all of a sudden the spontaneous creation is going to just birth itself. And, um, and with that, they'll sometimes put in symbology of a snake or Scorpio, um, you know, which is the astrological sign. And the color for that, again, is purple. And they believe that, you know, with representing that snake, that it represents protection to them, that just as, you know, they'll go back to the story of when Israel, you know, was in the wilderness and got hit, hit with a, a plague and Moses literally put up a stick with a snake on it and everybody who looked at the serpent was saved. Okay. So they believe that, you know, if you turn your eyes on that serpent, it represents protection that you're going to be saved. Um, so, you know, it's interesting that, you know, as I'm watching this, you know, I see them putting out all this symbology that has such rich depth in meaning but I don't see their gloating victory. I, they don't, you know, they weren't displaying that, you know, that they are who they are at, at the core of this, you know, when, when we're talking about their priesthood, they're not just initiates of the flame, you know, who are part of either the order of the Phoenix, which I'll get into, or the order of the golden dawn. Um, th these women by wearing these pearls, are signifying that they are part of, of a combined higher order called the order of Melchizedek. And what do we know about Melchizedek? He's the priest who met with Abraham, who supposedly had no beginning of days and no end of days. He represents eternal life. This is where they're going with all of this symbology, that they are part of this higher godhood order of Melchizedek, okay? So, you know, that's the initiates of the flame at the highest levels are Melchizedek priests, okay? Um, what we're seeing happening, I mean, all of this is playing out. Um, these initiatives of the flame, you know, when I was growing up, one, we didn't call it, each other the Illuminati that I literally was told the Illuminati did not exist okay <laughs> like the only thing I knew to call what we were involved in was the brotherhood the great white brotherhood and all my oaths were taken in the name of brotherhood not 
anything else. So that's, you know, really what's behind all this and, and are Nazis connected? Absolutely. Um, you know, look at the, look at this uh, initiates of the flame book. If we scroll to the, these pages here down to the bottom, um, you know, what, what symbol is down there? We've, we've got right in the middle, you've got the symbol of King Solomon, um, which the Masons use, but you also have the swastika, the Nazis. Oh. At the highest level, these people are all Nazis. And Nazis are into esoterically, th this is their core beliefs. They are initiatives of the flame. They separate themselves into two main orders. You have the order of the Phoenix, um, which is the dark side of the system. Um, so these are gonna be the people who are, you know, they're into the black magic, you know, they're into the bloodlust, the, you know, hanging with the worst of the worst demonic generals, okay? Um, and then you've got the light side of the system which is the golden dawn. And these are the people who are like the Pharisees and, and the scribes in Jesus day, who the Sadducees that they, they lived such perfect lives, but that perfection came out of all of their rules, all of their regulations came out of the pride of their heart that they, you know, their sin is pride. They do not believe they have sinned. Okay. And I grew up in a world with both of these operating hand in hand with one another. You know, there are people on the light side of the system who absolutely have no idea how dark the dark side is. They, they don't want to be tainted with any of that darkness. They believe all their magic they do, which is white magic, is for the good of others, the good of humanity. You know, they live to be selfless. Um, you know, to help the earth, all of this stuff, they really have no idea what the dark side does. Um, however, there are those who, you know, I'm going to put a name out there, Clarista, who we've talked about. She is a sister of light. As a sister of light, her job was that after Michael Carcock, you know, put me and my training partner through um, training and beat the hell out of us, teaching us to defend ourselves and physically fight, you know, her job was to bring healing to us, you know, so that when I, when I got home that night and, you know, saw my mom and dad, you know, they had no clue of anything that had happened. There were no bruises. There were no, no evidence of wounds that might've occurred. Um, you know, they covered up the crime that this darker side was doing. But they were invested because, you know, I was chosen for end time position and rituals. And so both the dark and the light invested in me. And right now what we see happening is that the light side of the system is taking over the dark side. They're getting rid of it. Why? Because part of, you know, Revelations talks about this end time deception. Um, we know that Satan is an angel of light. He appears as an angel of light. 
originally he was an angel of light. It says that he walked among the fiery coals. He walked in the presence of God's fire. He was very intimate with God. He knew God as a consuming fire and was able to fellowship with God in the midst of his glory. And he was like the head of the orchestra. Right. And so all of his, you know, all of Satan's children are also children of light. That's how they're going to appear. Perfect, good. Um, you know, you're not going to see all that evil. Um, you know, so we're watching this transition that, you know, the order of the Phoenix, the bad side of the system, the system that's been run under this headship of females, the five mothers of darkness is literally being put to death. And out of that, you know, the system is going to raise up that light side so that um, they will usher in the antichrist deceptively literally they're going to be proclaiming that he is the long-awaited messiah the son of god the one without sin the perfect one who's ushering peace goodness this utopia of god's kingdom and and that's where this deception is going and jesse i think we're going to have to do another show and cover the Galactic Federation, because I think that might have a role in this somewhere. Absolutely, it does. Yep, we'll have to do another show on that. We'll save it. But so, okay, so let me let me clarify, ask for some clarity on just a couple things. The first one is because you mentioned Melchizedek, right? Um, so they do things to mock God. The Melchizedek yep. of in the Bible is actually an imagery of Christ. Right. But they twist things. So I just want to, I just want, if people who are reading saying, okay, well, why is the very last book about Satan? You know, I want to make sure that that's clear. Um, it, and it's think not. about that. I mean, who are they proclaiming? Is there Christ? It's going to be Jupiter, the Antichrist. Um, so that's where all the interconnections come from. Um you know, and this this particular page I'm on too, just a real quick, since you talked about Space Force, but, you know, I talked about how this group, they call themselves the Guardians. So even here on this bottom of this page, we see, you know, the sh sh with the shepherd's crook, he was the guardian and keeper of the emotional body. So you'll find out throughout this whole book, they use that term guardian quite frequently. And one of the things you said earlier uh, which is is the these people their guardians were not for there for them in congress and so maybe I'm, I'm, i don't know but the at the inauguration these people were messing up because maybe their guardians have abandoned them yeah actually got to clarify not guardians but protectors protectors protect sorry yeah protectors yeah. i meant yes right um you know you just even without your protectors, you're you're not going to make the mistakes that they made. Yeah. Um, because at the core of it, you're dealing with the demonic powers. And where was the display of, you know, their witchcraft that they're skilled in? You know, all of these people are high level 
witches and warlocks. They're practicing black, white, gray magic. They all have legions of demons that they call on, on top of, you know, these ones are connected to higher level, you know, demonic spirits. So, you know, they're out there, they're proclaiming their spirit that they worship, which, you know, for most of them was Astra and Baal. But let me ask, where was the power of Astra and Baal in that ceremony? Where were those God's power? You know, it's kind of like first Kings 18, where Elijah's standing on the mountain against the prophets of Baal. And, you know, he's one man calling on the name of the Lord God most high. And he's saying to them, you know, do all of your things that you do to summon your God, Baal. And where is he? Does he show up? Absolutely not. You know, was he, was Baal faithful to these prophets, even after they cut themselves, gave their blood, you know, did everything that Baal requires of them for summoning him, Baal left him hanging. And that's what we saw at this ritual. These people, you know, were doing a display, even in their clothing, in their, you know, demeanor, everything that they're doing is displaying, saying, remember who we are, we're this priesthood, right? But they got left hanging high and dry they didn't see the power of Astra nor Baal show up at, at that ceremony. <laughs> Jesse, are you done sharing the screen or I'm do done. you have more? Yeah, let me take that off. Sorry about that. Yeah. Just so we can face the people up. So <laughs> one of the things that's really evident and, you know, I look at what these people do and, you know, obviously we've talked about some of this really sick stuff that the dark side does in the past, but, Boy, they have to work hard. You know, we say, Jesus, come to me. <laughs> you know, and the we have more power. Yeah. I mean, the demands that Satan and the demons put on people are unreal. I mean, you have, but that's part of that relentless perfectionistic drive. They have to be perfect in order to survive. If they don't, you know, it's not, it's like if you make one mistake, okay, in a ritual, you're immediately going to have everybody else who's in the ritual with eyes on you and you're a scapegoat now because not a single one of them is going to take the punishment with you. Okay. Not only that, then you're going to have all the demonic eyes on you and you know that those demons, you know, scripture talks about demons beating up people, throwing them into the fire. You know, that's what these people deal with. They literally get physically attacked by these demonic spirits in hordes when they make a little mistake. So you don't make any mistakes, you know, and <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's just incredible. And why do these people do it? Well, part of the, some of them are born into it, as you say, uh, there's other people that just volunteer because they love mammon money uh, and they love power. Right. And pride, I guess, would be another big driver that would get people to go down this route. Uh, and, you know, part of it, though, is the church. I'm going back to this, Jesse, but the church has been feckless. We've been able to access God's power all this time. 
and in incredible ways. And God's been, his word tells us this. But, you know, the church has just been looking at this weeping Jesus on a cross and, you know, going in and doing our, going and doing these little ceremonies, essentially, and being right on schedule. Okay, we worship this. And, and then I'll say this, because people will tithe the most if I follow this particular program. And by the way, there's actually polling places in that that have taught most of these pastors, listen, if you do this, your church is going to make the most amount of money. This is a fact, okay? They've scientifically vetted it out. And essentially, why do they do it right after the music? This is interesting, because they put you in a semi-hypnotic state. And, and by the way, I'm not saying these pastors are bad. They've just been trained to do this. They paid for the training. They follow the training. Do this. Look, my church is successful. Okay. Right. <laughs> and it's time for the church to wake up it's time for the sheeple to wake up jesse exactly yeah and that's exactly where we can go with this it's like with this knowledge now you know in this ceremony who who were the main demons they were calling on we have astra Baal, and Molech. okay and at the very top you know, the one that represents the white, you also have Avedon who sits up there with Satan. What does scripture tell us that as the sons of the living God, we have authority to rebuke, to cast out, to bind. So if we know who they're summoning, who they're calling for certain situations, now we're empowered. We can do our job of rebuking Ashtaroth of saying, you know what, Ashtaroth, you're proclaiming that you guys are the order of Melchizedek. I don't think so. We are the sons of the living God. We are the true priesthood. And, you know, what happens in warfare in scripture, the priests go first, worshiping and praising God and driving the enemy out of the land and saying, you know what, we're not going to give you our land. We're not going to give you our children. In fact, we're not even going to give you our people like, you know, we may not be huge fans of all the pansies, you know, like Leiden and Kabbalah and, you know, Pensy Wensy and Fancy Pansy Nancy. We may not be fans of them, but you know what? <laughs> we're not going to give you the pleasure of having their souls either if we can help it. Amen. We have the authority to snatch them from the fire by the seat of their pants. So guess what? We're going to attempt to do that. The fight is on. We're fighting for our country and our people. And this for will be our closing prayer today, Jesse. And you're going to be large and in charge of this. <laughs> and I say large in your spiritual power, of course. So this has been a long show. I, it, it's funny. You kept bringing up Melchizedek. Uh, so I was reading Melchizedek 3 right before we went on air. Which, oh, that's funny. <laughs> it's, and it's the offerings, and you know, there's just such tie. And I, by the way, we've had so many requests to do a Bible study. Look, once once we get into a slower news cycle, <laughs> you know, that's something where this show will probably go. One, um, so a lot of people probably don't know this, but I was a Bible teacher, and that's actually how I met my wife. She came to one of my Bible studies. <laughs> and so, you know, we'll get into that, but let's get into the announcement. Uh, so the Shepherd of the Sheeple Army 
I, as soon as we got off air, emails were coming in. And I, so, so I replied to a few right off the bat. And, you know, I, if, and particularly when someone writes a really detailed note, I wanted to give a really detailed response. But then the inbox just kept stacking up and stacking up. And some of these letters, you know, that were coming in were quite long, quite extensive. I read every word. But, you know, it's, I don't want to reply to something that when someone writes a, a four-page note and just say, cool, <laughs> you know, I don't want to do that. So part of this recruiting thing is, and here's a confession, Jesse, I already knew who the, uh, the some of the core people were going to be at the top, but I wanted to see if they would volunteer. Um, and so they did. And these people are already vetted. They're very, very uh, organized and well done. So we, we're calling this the Shepherds of the Sheeple Army. And in an army, there are many different positions and tasks. And so I have forwarded every single note that came in to a person named Terry. And Terry is going to be responding and Terry's going to take charge and she's got some other folks. I don't know if they want their names mentioned right away, but I have to mention Terry because the email will come from her. In fact, it'll come from right on Terry. And why is she right on Terry? Because she's right on, right on, right on, Jesse. <laughs> she really was. I spoke to her for over an hour yesterday. Really wonderful. She is a capable lady. And and so she's going to start organizing things because there's people who are great researchers. There are some people who will want to come on air and do reports, just like reporters do in news corporations. Uh, there's some people who are just called to pray. Uh, there's other people who have gifts of marketing, who have gifts of, you know, things. We have, Listen, we've got MBAs, we've got scientists, we've got like it's just incredible authors that have come up and, and people with gifts of writing, editing, uh, publishing, you know, uh, just every walk. And, and some people were just so sincere and they gave their testimonies, which were really touching. And their testimonies, because we had said, listen, we're gonna have to vet some people. Um, and so these people really, some people actually attach their resumes and, you know, here's all of my social media profiles here, look what I'm doing. And so we're going through that process and Terry is going to be the main line of communications for you as we assemble. And we're going to start getting into some teams. We'll be doing either we or I will do some zoom calls with just you the uh, the shepherd of the sheeple's army it'll be off air we're going to give out some marching orders we're going to give some directions of the show uh, different ways you can help and and you know you, it's not that you're going to get insider information um you know because we just put it out there we're not we're not saying look you have to join the, the club to get this super secret intel we're not going to do that we're just up we want to be upfront about that but no one will know the plans of the army unless you're in the army, right? Because we have battle plans. This is an army, make no mistake. When you sign up for this, this is an actionable army. We're taking the fight out there. 
We are. We're bringing the fight. The enemy's not going to be happy. That's right. So I want to thank every single person who sent it in. Again, uh, if you didn't last time, but you feel compelled to get in to the Shepherd of the Sheeple Army, send an email to writeonjeff at gmail.com. Now, I'm saying to send it to me for now. That'll probably change, and I'm going to forward it to Terry, but I still at least want to read all these things. So the intel and stuff like that, we're going to have people who are focused on these departments. So essentially, if you're one of the researchers, if you're one of the reporters, we're going to have all this stuff coordinated so we can put it together in a really good way. Look, we're going to take this broadcast to the next level. All right? And uh, we want you to be part of it. Amen. All right, Jesse, I think it's time for you to pray. Are you okay? Are you ready to pray? I am all the time. <laughs> Just like the battery. She is ever ready. <laughs> all right. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much. And I thank you, Lord, that that you do give us wisdom, you give knowledge, you give understanding so that we can overcome the evil one. In fact, your word says that he's already defeated. And our job is just to basically do the end up clean cleanup of all of that and just boot him out of out of this kingdom altogether, Lord. Um, so I just prayed over our audience today that you'd be with each of them, that you would encourage their hearts, that you would give them more understanding, Lord, that as even as they're starting to speak with people who um people who are struggling to understand what's going on, Lord, we ask that you would help us to put it into words that help them to understand exactly what's going on, both at the spiritual and the physical levels. Um, above all, Lord, we ask that you would give us the words of life that in all things, we may direct them back to you, Jesus, that you died on the cross for our sins and that as we confess our sins, you are faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And our prayer, Lord, is that you would not just, um, I guess the prayer, Lord, is that you would go into that deepest, darkest area, Lord, that you would go after the lost sheep, Lord, those who are down in the pits, those who have fallen into the caves in the dark darkness, Lord, we ask that you would not leave them there, but that you indeed would give us the authority that you would anoint us and appoint us to pull these people out by the seat of their pants, that we would understand enough about what they believe to be able to use that knowledge to lead them to you and to share the truth with them, Lord. We ask for that in your powerful name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you for joining us on this beautiful Sunday. And just God bless each and every one of you out there. Remember, love your God, love your family, love your neighbor, and make a difference in your community. Right on radio. Right on radio.